0: It is an honor, a blessing, and a privilege to be here with you all. Um, come here, uh, well I met Nick um, a while back, it was probably nine years ago, um, over at, uh, at the church that we were attending, the Father's house, and um, you know, from the moment that I met him, I was just like, okay, this guy's my man right here, this, you know, I love him, we connected very quickly. And very quickly, we were just like, okay, we're going to be uh, friends. And, you know, it's been, you know, about nine years now. So at um, certain point, he says, hey, you know what? I'm going to launch out this church. And um, I definitely wanted to be right there with him. And so um, I thank God for that opportunity as well. Um, thank you, Hope, for having uh, us here, having Lighthouse here. Thank you for, um, you know, giving me this honor. It's a big deal, you know, to me to be able to communicate uh God's word it's part of my calling i believe so uh thank you so much for that um and thank you all it's like hey who is this person i don't know you um thank you for uh hopefully receiving this word uh today listening and letting God uh speak to you um on this day so today i'm going to be talking about uh really the great commission is what i'm going to go for okay um and that's a big deal to speak on the great commission i kind of want to take you uh, point out two paths and then kind of focus on one. Um, so first off, the fact that the Great Commission, right, is spoken in two of the Gospels. We're talking about Matthew and Mark. So Great Commission, okay, Great Commission, which is being, going to all the world and? Oh, you... okay, there you go. I was like, Am I in the right place here? Okay. <laughs> I heard hope was big on the Great Commission. So one more time, let's do this. All right, so going into all the world and? Okay, good, good, good. Preach the gospel. So we have Mark saying go into all the world and preach the gospel. Um, And then you have um, Matthew, right? And when Matthew says it, he actually says it a little bit different. He says go into all the world and make disciples. Okay, make disciples. So might seem contrary to one another. It's really not. They actually go hand in hand. We're talking about preaching the gospel. We're talking about making disciples. We're talking about preaching the gospel and making disciples. We're talking about preaching the gospel by making disciples. Okay. We're talking about extending our reach beyond just my words and my testimony to many people, many words, many testimonies, right? This is discipleship. Um, what is discipleship? And I'm going to give us a couple of brief uh, working definitions here so we all know what it is that um, we're focusing on today. So, discipleship is following a teacher. Okay. Following a teacher. It is. That teacher is leading, so he is teaching, he or she is teaching by leading, and then the other person should be learning by following, okay? Teaching by leading, learning by following. It is, in fact, calling someone into closer relationship with you and then asking them to follow you. And so a lot of this ends up being leading by example. It's not only my words that are preaching, it is my actions. It is everything that I do. It is everything that I don't do. Everything that I am, everything that I go through, and everything, and the one that I turn to, right, all of that is leading by example. So Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. This great commission is meant for all of us. I need you to understand that, right? Each and every person who's sitting here today, this great commission is going out to you. Right. When you accept this call on your life, God is telling you, hey, go out into the world, make disciples. Right. That's everyone. Now, I love to I I love to think of it this way. Right. I mean, because the 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 gospels, right. I mean, once again, they seem like, wait a minute, why does he say it one way or the other way? They complement each other. Right. It is the idea that, hey, you know what? Um, Go out and preach the gospel. The problem with that is that sometimes when we're hearing it that way, people are thinking, yes, amen. Let the preachers go out and preach. Let the pastors go out and preach. They're going to take over this world, and it's going to be amazing, right? But the problem is, I mean, that le- leaves a lot of people out, right? So if you're not a preacher, and if you are not a pastor, then guess what? You start feeling like, hey, that doesn't, that doesn't concern me, right? I could just sit back and let them do it, you know, and just, you know, let them do their thing. No, it's not that, though, right? Um, it is this idea that... Um, We are all called to do the same thing, right? I mean, so compliments the other piece, right? Go out and make disciples. Listen, you don't have to be a great gifted communicator. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be any of that in order to make disciples. You walk out your faith. People follow. You call people to follow you. You call people to say, hey, you know what? Like, this is what I'm doing. Now follow me, right? This is exactly what Jesus did. So go into the world, make disciples. The big question becomes, I mean, how do I even do that? Right. How do I actually make disciples? That sounds difficult. I mean, Jesus did it, you know, but he was all powerful. So how do I do it? Okay. Um, And furthermore, which one am I supposed to do? I mean, am I supposed to lead people? Is that me? I don't don't feel like a leader. Um, Is it I'm supposed to follow people? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Or am I supposed to do both? Right. Um, And I will argue today that, I mean, we're supposed to do um, both. So be going over that. Um, Let me pray over God's word real quick. So. Father, we thank You so much because You are mighty, powerful, awesome. You are great, Lord. God, speak to Your people today. That's all we want. Speak to Your people today. God, speak to their hearts. Speak to the purposes that You have for their lives. Father God, speak to Your people. I Step aside, God. I just want You to speak to Your people so that You would be the one who receives all the honor and all the glory today. In Jesus' name. And God's people said? Amen. All right. So, open your Bibles to Matthew 4. We'll be reading 18 through 20. Matthew 4, 18 through 20. So it says this. And this is the whole idea uh, uh, besides discipleship here. So, um, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake because they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. This calling is huge, right? Um, It is this idea that they're sitting there and they're doing what they've done every day. Uh, they're sitting there with what they've learned with their entire lives. Um, they know how to fish and they're out there doing what they do, right? They're out there living their lives. And in the middle of that, Jesus completely interrupts their destiny, walks into it. He looks into their eyes and he says, hey, I want you to follow me. I often think of that because it's such a crazy idea. I'm like, who is this guy interrupting me while I'm fishing, while I'm doing what I know how to do? And why is he asking me to follow him? I'm wondering if the disciples thought that, right? Um, cause I know, I mean, I'm a bit of a fisherman myself, so I'm like, it would be really weird if someone just walked up to me and was like, Hey, follow me. I'd you better get away from me. Right. Um, because it's just, uh, such an outrageous, such a random idea, right? I mean, that they're sitting there, they're not expecting him. They don't know who he is. These are the first disciples that are being called and he walks up to them and he says, I want you to follow me. Right. Um, and it says that they drop their nets and they follow him. And I'm like, man, that must have been such a look that he gave them or it must have been such a fullness of the spirit that they felt at that moment to drop everything that they knew and to decide, hey, I'm going to follow this this man. Right. Because they didn't know he was the full God man yet. All they knew is that he was this man that was calling them to follow. And so they go ahead and they follow So. Um, a few things that I want you all to pay attention to what Jesus is doing here, because I believe it speaks a lot to discipleship, right? he 's actually asking people to follow him. This calling that he has, right, uh, first off, the calling is very intentional, right? Jesus could have called them in any way that he wanted, right, um, but mainly what he does is he calls them he walks up to them he finds them where they are and he looks into their eyes and he calls them out of what they're doing into this other life i love the fact that he goes to them right could have just hey holy spirit tell them to call you know come on over to this place at this time he could have done that but he didn't right he walks to them he goes to them could have sent you know letters out to them and said hey come you know come to me but he doesn't he goes to them so it's very intentional what he's doing aside from that the fact that he is paying attention to who they are, right? Calling them individually. He's also paying attention to what they do. You guys are fishermen. So he incorporates their talents into their calling and he calls them and he says, Hey, I want you to not only continue this, but I want you to, I want to change it a little bit. I want to add some destiny to it. I want to make you fishers of men. I want to do something greater with what you have and with the talents that you have than what you could do with the talents that you have. But I want to do that through you. So follow me. So he's leading them into purpose and he's incorporating all of these things. Think about how much he's paying attention to his calling in that moment to his people. Right. And so they leave everything and they follow him. So he's calling them. And then aside from that, he's teaching them he's not teaching them for a short amount of time. He's teaching them for a great amount of time. He is about to invest the last three years of his life into them, right? Not just into, hey, you know what, I'm going to, you know, last three years of my life, I want to spend time with my family, I want to do fun things. Right. No, 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 I'm going to invest into these 12 men. I'm going to pour my life into these 12 men. I'm going to give all of my time to these 12 men, and I'm going to have them follow me around this entire time for these last three years of my life. And I'm going to teach them things. I'm going to teach them the spirit of the law. I guarantee you they already know the law guarantee you they've already been judged by the law. I guarantee you that um, they're trying their best to follow the law and that everyone around them is doing the same thing, right? I mean, but I want to teach them the spirit of the law. I want to teach them what the law means. I want to teach them where the law comes from. I want to teach them what a lot of people have already forgotten, and that is the heart of the law. And that is the the matter of fact that it is all driven through love. So I'm going to teach these men how to love. I'm going to not only tell them how to love, I'm going to show them what it looks like to love. I'm going to show them how the, the law is all about loving. And then aside from that, I want to teach them how to pray. I want to pe- teach them how to heal. I want to teach them to cast out demons, right? I want to teach them all of these things. I want to teach them to feed thousands. And I know that all of that sounds great and grand. And you're like, man, is that what I'm being called to do? Um, And that might be right. But it's also this right. What he's teaching them is to serve. Okay, what he's teaching them is to serve. Right. I come to earth and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pour myself out for people. And I need you to see me do that because you will be doing that as well one day. Okay, so I need you to follow me. I need you to see me um, love people. And I need you to see me serve because this is what it's all about. This is what the kingdom is all about. He's calling them into also. So aside from calling them, teaching them, he is calling them into close relationship. Follow me, right? Follow me. How many people, and I know that we live in a day of GPS and all of this stuff, but how many people like still follow someone to a location, you know, driving? Has anyone done that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Especially for us older folks, right? I mean, before GPS and everything, yes, we followed people to locations. Um, how many of you are cool with that? Do you guys like the idea of follow? Okay, some people like following. Um, I'm not one of those. I'm not a good follower when it comes to, um, you know, going on traffic. Because it is the idea that, you know what, I have to follow this person and I don't know where I'm going. I'm losing control of what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm actually following them and following their control. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. right? All right. Um, and it really stinks when you get a little bit lost or a little bit fall behind or they take a turn too early or the light turns yellow and they run in and you're like, what am I supposed to do, right? Um, right? So I don't like that. Anyway, um, so very difficult to do, right? I mean, but the fact of the matter is um, we do it sometimes and we do it because we don't know what the destination is and we do it because we don't want to get lost, Right? Um, and so we cling on to this other car to this other driver and we just go Now when jesus says hey, I want you to follow me That's what he's talking about Okay, I need you to follow and I need you to follow close. I need you to cling on to me I need you to take every turn that I turn I need you to pay attention to what it is that i'm doing because I want you to follow me I don't want you to get lost I don't want you to feel like you're alone. I don't want you to feel like you don't know where you're going. I want you to put your eyes on me because I know where we're going. I know where I'm taking you. So cling to me, right? Be close to me. Have that close relationship with me, right? Because the fact of the matter is this. We feel lost sometimes, right? And that's all of us. It doesn't matter how many years you've been serving God. There are times when you feel lost. And God is calling you to this close calling. And he's saying, hey, I know that you like to keep your distance, but don't follow me. Come close to me. I will direct you to exactly where you are going. All right. Um, So when you feel lost, he says, you know what? I am with you. When you feel overwhelmed, he says, I am with you. I am right beside you. Pay attention to it. Know it. I am with you. He is right beside us. He is right beside us. Somebody say amen if you know for a fact that God is right beside you. Right. Somebody say amen if you know that God is right beside you. High-five your neighbor and say, he is, say right, he is right beside you. Now, this leads me to my next point. How many people have ever played Simon Says? Do you guys remember that? Right? Raise your hand if you remember Simon Says. Now, how many people have played Simon Says as an adult? A few of you, a few of you. Now, pay attention. You, pay attention to this, right? You guys just did it. Right? You guys just did it. When I said, hey, say amen, everyone said amen. When I said high five of your neighbor, you guys lifted your, I mean, why? Because it is, Simon says it, that's what happens, okay? Because this guy's got the mic, so he's telling people what to do. <laughs> Listen. Here's my next point, right? Um, you follow others, okay? You follow others. Believe it or not, you follow others. Sometimes we're just so much in our leadership thing that we're just like, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're leaders. We don't follow, right? And we're in this culture that kind of tells us, hey, be a manager. Tell people what to do. Right. And they don't value this idea of following others. Um, but it could be very important as well. Right. Um, here it is. We will follow, right? We will follow others. Whether you know it or not, you are following others. You surround your th- yourself with people, and guess what? You're becoming like them, right? I mean, you're following them, right? Whatever it is that they're doing. You're following them. If you have some sort, of a, some sort of a mentor, then guess what? You're probably following them, right? If you have close friends, then guess what? You're probably following them. Who you surround yourself with, that matters, okay? Who you surround yourself, the group that people around you, your closest people, that matters, my mom used to tell me, look at that, I'm quoting my mom here. That's how old I am, right? You guys know not know. My mom used to tell me this. She said, tell me who you hang out with and I will tell you who you are. Right, tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are. I hate to admit how right she was, right? But she was. So um, there's a, there's a uh, motivational speaker named Jim Rohn. He says, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Right, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Why? Because you're slowly becoming like them. Right. These people who you allow to draw close to your life or you draw close to them, you're slowly becoming like them Um, and you're becoming like them in a lot of different ways. Right. I mean, they are going to shape your faith walk, whatever that is. So if you're surrounding yourself by, uh, let's say, people who don't believe in Christ, chances are, I mean, your faith is going to be set in other things aside from Christ. Right. Um, And that's not just saying, hey, don't hang out with non-Christians. Right, don't do that. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, What I am saying is that you need to be mindful of who it is that you are surrounding yourself with most of the time and who is drawing close to you and who you are drawing close to your life, right? Um, Because they will shape the way that you believe, right? I mean, um, there's a possibility that you might just go into, hey, you know, being positive about your problems or what's going on in your life. And what we believe is different, right? What we believe is that uh, we have faith in a God who is powerful and who has all of these problems in his hand. Listen, you will um, surround yourself with people and what will happen is they'll shape your pursuits. What are the people closest to you pursuing? Right? Are they pursuing money? Are they pursuing greed? Are they pursuing dishonesty? What are they pursuing? Right? Are they pursuing, once again, just general positivity? Are they just pursuing to be good people? What are they pursuing? Because chances are that's what I'm going to start pursuing as well. And then that begins to shape also your perspective of community. What are the people like around you, right? I mean, what do they do in your life? Do they invest their time into your life? Are they, you know, seeking you out? Are they, what are they pouring into you, right? I mean, because all of that is important. Brings up this question, right? Who is your community? Who is your community? Um, Who are those closest people uh, to you? Because usually what it is, um, and and, and I would say what it should be is this, um, that this, I want to resemble the people who I surround myself with, right? I want to resemble the people who I surround myself with. Um, I went to... Uh, brazil recently in the past uh what was that i think it was almost two months now that's crazy isn't it um so two months ago went to brazil on a missions trip and i met this girl who was part of this evangelistic team and she says you need to uh you know i asked her how do you like stay on fire for god and she says i surround myself with people uh who have fire in their bones and when I heard that, it just kind of ignited something in me because I'm like, that's something different, right? Surrounding yourself with people with fire in their bones. How many of you, how many of you can describe people in your life and say, you know what, my description for them is that they have fire in their bones. And what does that mean exactly, right? I mean, because when I heard that, I immediately thought of passion, right? These people are passionate about what they do. People who are pursuing God's call in their life, right? Not just hearing about it, not just thinking about it, not just contemplating on it, but pursuing the call that God has on their life. And then aside from that as well, um, what's coming out of them, right? What's overflowing from them, right? Are these people so full of the spirit of God that that is overflowing onto other people? So when I'm thinking about people with fire in their bones, that's exactly what I'm thinking, right? They are gasoline to other people's fire. They are going to set you ablaze, right? Because they are pursuing God with everything that they have in them. So who is their community? Surround yourself by people with fire, who have fire in their bones. Number two, there's this, right? I mean, just the idea that you need to surround yourself with people who love God and who will tell you the truth. Okay. People who will tell you the truth. Listen, there are a lot of yes men and yes women around you. People that will tell you what you want to hear. People that will tickle your ear and everything will be fine. Right. I mean, you, you know, you have these people around you, but truthfully, you don't need that. You need people who will tell you the truth. Right? You will, you need people who will speak godly wisdom into your life. You need people that when you're going through a difficulty, they might say, I don't know exactly what to do, but I know where to turn to. Right? This is what we need in our lives. We need those people who tell you the truth because these people don't just want you to be happy. They also want you to be holy. And this is important. So we need close relationship, close relationship with these people, right? People who draw close to us. Um, there, we need people whose love speaks to unbelievers. So turn to John 13 with me really quick, 34 through 35. And it says this, um, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. Let me pause there really quick because that is huge, right? Just the way that I loved you, that's why, that's how I want you to love others. Okay, that's how I want you to love others. Let me finish up with 35. It says this, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Does your love with your community speak volumes to other people? Does your love speak to other people? Does the way that you love people speak to them? Is there something different? right? Is there something that jumps out about your love? Right. Because that's who we need to be uh, surrounding ourselves with are those people who, hey, you know what, their love immediately speaks and other people see it and say, wow, there's something different about the way that you people love each other. And this is really for the whole church. Right. I mean, we need to be loving each other in that way to where it speaks volumes to the world right? It speaks volumes when people walk in. I don't know what it is, but it's something about you people and the way that you love each other that makes me want to stay here. That makes me want to be part of this community, right? The way that you guys love each other. We need to be able to love each other that much. And when it comes to us following others, surround yourself with people who will do exactly that. Okay. So, um, next point is this. Um, so we will follow others, but then aside from that, others will follow you. Okay. Others will follow you. This is a big deal. Because for some of us, we feel like, I, you know, I don't know if I can be a leader. I'm not a leader, right? That person's a leader. You know, this person who has these talents or whatever is a leader. No, not at all, right? It's all of us. And we're all being called to that, right? We're all being called to be leaders. We are, our, we are all being called to... Make disciples. Yes, at certain points in our lives we will be disciples and we will follow these people around us and we will follow people who mentor us and that is great and that is fantastic, but at some point you will get to the point where others will begin to follow you. And that might be new believers, that might be people who are seasoned in the faith for a while but then you know they, they, they dropped off or that might be people who just look to you and say, man, I want to be like that. right? I want to follow what you're doing. And so this is a big deal. Um, and some of us are afraid of that, but the truth is this: all we're doing is leading by example. Follow me is all Jesus said, right? Follow me. Just watch me. Watch what I'm doing. That's what we're doing. Okay. Lead by example. Um, so, really, I mean, it, it, and sometimes what happens is, I mean, it, it it challenges us to be better, right? When we're leading, when someone, when I know for a fact someone's following me, right? I want to become a better version of myself earlier, right? I mean, I was talking about, you know, uh, being in the car, right? One of the things that, you know, in, in following someone in traffic, one of the things is, I mean, I, I get road rage, folks. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else gets road rage, right? And I'm like, okay, I used to road rage hard in the car before I met my wife. <laughs> who's here today? <laughs> and and I—it's just like I want to be—I want to be a better person for her, right? I mean, so I—you know—but it's also weird because now I can't road rage the way that I want to road rage. So I <laughs> wait till she's not there that I road rage like crazy. No, no, that's not true. Holy and sanctified, <laughs> right? So, but here's this, right? I mean, um, that often this idea of leading other people—it makes us level up. It right? makes us jump to a different level where we're just like, hey, you know what? I want to be better, I mean, um, definitely you know, for my calling, for myself. But I mean, I want to be better for the people around me, right? People with kids, right? It's the same idea, right? I mean, you want your kids to look up to you, right? I mean, and even though you make mistakes, you want to try not to make mistakes because you want to offer that great example for them, right? Um, so here's the thing, right? I mean, new believers that will surround you, people who uh, don't believe, right, will surround you unbelievers will surround you. Um, and sometimes the idea is you're supposed to disciple them as well. If they follow you around, right? I mean, if they know you, if they are drawn to you, then the idea is they are following you. What are you leading them to, right? What exactly are you leading them to? Proverbs 18.21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death. So here's what we do, right? As leaders, number one is speak life into other people. Right, speak life into other people, because there's a lot of negativity, there's a lot of cynicism that we just kind of naturally have. And if we're not watching ourselves, and if we're not watching our tongue, then what will happen is we accidentally begin to pour death into other people. Um, and we need to be really careful with that. So instead, right, I mean, turn to this idea that, hey, you know what, my job is to speak life into others, right? And I'm talking about speech that is seasoned with faith, right? Because We might not normally turn to Scripture, but a lot of the times when others are following us once again, we're just like, oh, I don't know what to say to them. Speak the Scripture to them, right? This is important, right, that our lives be uh, seasoned with that faith, right? I mean, so speak the Scripture to them. Encourage them, right? I mean, not just cynicism and negativity, but godly wisdom and godly truth, right? I mean, these are the things that we are supposed to bring to the people next to us. Listen, all of us can do that. Right? All of us can do that. So if someone's following us, by all means, speak life into their situation. When they're going through difficulty, speak life into their situation. When they're confused, speak life into their situation. Um, aside from that, they need to, people need to see you succeed. Right? They need to see you succeed. So these people who are following behind you, these disciples of yours, right, need to see you succeed. They, need you to, they also need to see you succeed well. What does it look like to succeed well? What does it look like when you do something well in your life or for your life? Who are you giving the praise to, right? Is it like, hey, you know what? I'm awesome and that's why this happened. Or is it more, hey, you know what, I serve an awesome God and that's why this happened, right? And I want to bless His name because I wouldn't be able to do anything without Him. I wouldn't even be able to wake up and get out of bed this morning. But He is there and He loves me and so He raised me up this morning. And this is why I'm able to do what I'm able to do, right? I mean, this idea of staying humble, staying focused on God, all right? Um, And you're teaching this to the other person. And then this last one is, they, right, these people who are following behind you, these disciples... They need to see you fail. Okay? They need to see you fail. And I'm not saying like, hey, just mess up everything on purpose. No, no, no. (laughs) But sometimes you will fail. Right? Sometimes what will happen is you will fall. And when you are flat on your face, what they need to see is they need to see you turn to Jesus. Okay? They need to see you turn to Jesus. This is why they need to see you fall. They need to see the struggles that you're going through. They need to see you fail sometimes. They need to see that you can't do it on your own, that it's not by your own might. They need to be able to see that when you are falling flat on your face, you turn to Jesus. They need to see that the power that you have in your life is not your own, but it belongs to Jesus. Right? They need to know that what they are pursuing is not you. They're not just following you. They are following who it is that you are pointing to. This points to who we turn to, and I'll finish up with this. Who do we follow? True discipleship directs us to the Father. It's not about you. It's not about you. They're following you, but if they are following you, you need to be able to point them to the cross. Right? If they are following you, you need to be able to point them to the Father. You need to be able to say, hey, it's about Him. It's not about me. Let me read this last portion of Scripture if you want to turn to it. It's Exodus 33, Seven through eleven, and I'll finish up with this. Exodus thirty-three, seven through eleven, and at the end, eleven is just my favorite verse of all time, so I love being able to preach that as well. So now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside of the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside of the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to the tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance uh, while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped each, each, uh, each at the f- entrance of their tent. And then it says this, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. This amazes me every time for different reasons, right? I mean, first off, just the fact that God would want to meet with us, right? The fact that God wants to meet with you. The fact that God wants to meet with me, that he has that desire as well. And so it says that the Lord would meet and speak to Moses face to face as one speaks with their friends. I
1: don't know about you, but I want to have that close
0: relationship every day with God, where he speaks to me like a friend, where he speaks to me face to face. That is what we're all pursuing. That's what we want. We want to be in that presence of God. We want to be surrounded by everything that God is. We want to speak to God face to face. So when it comes to discipleship, we simplify it as much as possible. Here's what we are doing with our lives. Here's how we disciple others. Pay attention to what Moses does, number one. Point them to the presence, right? Point people to the presence. It's not about me. It's about God. It's not about what I'm doing or what I want to do. It is about what God wants to do. Point them to the presence. Number two, lead them into the presence. Lead them into the presence. They are following you. Lead them into the presence. Sometimes when I am fallen, right? When I'm flat on my face i turn to god i need my disciples right i need the people who are following me to see that and i need them to follow me into the presence i need to tell them hey you know what going through a lot can you pray for me hey i'm going through a lot like you know send me scriptures to encourage me hey i'm going through a lot can we just sit here and worship together right lead them into the presence and then the last thing is this leave them in the presence leave them in the presence. Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. I genuinely believe that what happened there is Joshua met the love of his life in that tent. Right? Joshua met God for the first time in a way that he didn't know. Joshua also met face to face and spoke face to face with God like a man speak to, speaks to his friend. And when he met that, He realized, I don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. I believe that his destiny was found in that tent. I believe that the moment that he heard God's voice and spoke to God, it was confirmed. Everything that he would be called to and everything that he would do, everything that God would do through him, was all found in that tent. And he never wanted to leave. Everything that soothed his soul, everything that gave him peace, came from that tent. And he never wanted to leave. When it comes to discipleship, this is simply what we're doing. Pointing people to the presence, leading them into the presence, and then leaving them in the presence. From there, God takes over, and their lives will never be the same. Let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you so much because you are mighty and powerful. I thank you because you have plans for our lives. I thank you because you surround us by communities that will encourage us. I believe that you want to surround us with people that have fire in their bones. I believe that you wanna surround us with those communities. So I pray that you would put people on others' hearts today. Everyone who is here, Father God, I I pray that you you would put those people in their hearts, those people who have fire in their bones, those people who are encouragers, those people who are going to surround them and lift them up. I pray that you would put those people in their hearts. Also, I pray for those that are seasoned in this room who don't have others following them. I pray that you would send them to them. Or if there are people who are seasoned in their faith and there are others who are already following them, I pray that they would pay attention to that, God, because it's something valuable that you want to do. You want to create disciples. God, I pray that each and every one of us would always follow you. But, and, but then also that we would lead others to you, Father God, that we would see that you want us to disciple and that you've given us the ability to disciple. Thank you so much. And we praise you for this. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And God's people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Juan. God's, uh, God's still speaking to some people. And uh, that word of just being in the presence is, is it, man. Can you just hang out there for a minute? Jesus said, uh, I, was, I read this to my kids, you know, my sheep, they know my voice, right? They listen to my voice. He's like, other shepherds are gonna come along, but my sheep know my voice. I mean, sometimes we just need that simplicity of hanging out with God and saying, God, Lord, you're gonna speak. You're gonna, you're gonna lead me and guide me in the paths of righteousness. You're gonna guide me into good places. You're gonna take me. There might be trouble, but man, the glory, the glory on the other end. So thank.